Welcome to Worship Call with Bible teacher Buzz Lawback. Buzz is the pastor of Grace Chapel Bible Ministries located in Duncan, South Carolina. This ministry is dedicated to the verse-by-verse teaching of God's Word and discipleship programs aimed at strengthening the faith of God's people. Now here's today's message. And this is another fine day in the Lord. Friday, the fifth day of January, 2024, year of our Lord. And let's turn to our Lord in prayer. Father in heaven, thank you for this opportunity again to come in on this fifth day. There's, there will be no other fifth day of January 2024. And this is the day that you have made. And I pray, Heavenly Father, that as we start out this morning, open our hearts to the study of this, your word. We pray, Heavenly Father, that you, uh, guide the speaker and, and proper teaching, uh, truth. And we pray, Heavenly Father, for those who are in the sound of his voice for proper discernment. We pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. And, um, all right. Uh, we are coming in. First thing I want to ask you this morning, um, there, there are those debates and, and apologies for yesterday. We ran into a few, we ran into a situation that we, I uh, couldn't, couldn't be on air, but, um, on that, I uh, asked you this morning, sometimes you come into the debate and on, on Roman, basically Romans 13 and obeying civil government and what is it that we are render to Caesar and when do we fight for our rights and when do we, um, now, when we give up our property to government and all that, what, and, and this can cause a lot of debate. So the first thing I want to ask you this morning, if we are talking about rendering to Caesar what is Caesar and what rendering to God, what is God, before we even get to the question, is there anything that you are and we are as believers rendering to, to the Lord? We begin with today with Matthew 22:15. Um, and I'll read the passage and we'll go from there. Um, then the Pharisees went and plotted together. Now they, that they might trap him. This is Jesus and what he said. And they sent their disciples to him along with the Herodians saying, teach, teacher, we know that you are truthful and teach the way of God in truth and defer to no one for you are not partial to any. Tell us then, what do you think? Is it lawful to give a poll tax to Caesar or not? But Jesus perceived their malice and said, Why are you testing me, you hypocrites? Show me the coin used for a poll tax. And they brought him a denarius. And he said to them, Whose likeness is an inscription is this? Is this? And they said to him, Caesar's. Then he said to them, Then render Caesar the things that are Caesar's, and to God, the things that are God's. And hearing this, they were amazed, and leaving him, they went away. And this is the word of the Lord. So we begin this morning with the Pharisees. The Pharisees have tried their hand. There's different religious sects and different people that are that are up against. We, we learn a lot about the Pharisees and the scribes, where there are the Sadducees. And um, today we'll... Pick up on the Herodians. What, who, and what are the Herodians? So the Pharisees and the other sects had to maneuver just the right way. You know, they couldn't, they couldn't just come out and seize Jesus. Or the Pharisees um, couldn't just come out and seize Jesus and 
um, there would be a ride on their hands. They were, there would be a, um, there was a popularity. There was an excitement in the air. Remember, we are in the Passion Week right there. And they couldn't just go and arrest them. They wanted to, but they, this would have caused a riot. They would bring Rome, the Romans down on all of them, and it would end their career. So they had to handle Jesus just rightly. Um, so, and it would, to do it wrongly, it would probably throw them in jail and have them crucified themselves for they themselves inciting. Now, if they could instigate some contention, here's the, here's the strategy. If they could instigate, instigate some contention between the Romans and the Roman authorities and Jesus. See, when you look at it, when you look at the life of Christ, and our life should be modeled after Jesus. We spend a lot of time thinking about political things and, and the way the world is, and I'm not saying it's wrong to not, uh, that we shouldn't think about these things, but how much time do we do spend on thinking outside of the political realm of, of the worldly things and, and on God? And when we see the life of Christ, He's, he, there is very little, if anything at all, that you could point to him and, and say, and I say that there's nothing that you could point to him and say that he came to rebel against the local government, not at the go, you know, um, and that, and that, in that way. So going back to it, what the Pharisees were going to try to do is to set up a contention between Jesus and the Romans. So they counsel with the Herodians. And the Herodians are no friends of the Pharisees, and Pharisees are no friends of the Herodians. And what they are, the Herodians are political, what we call, um, political strategists. I, there's another word I'm looking for, but they, they were, um, allied with the the Herod dynasty with the with the local government and Herod and therefore they were connected with also with Caesar and uh, because Caesar was, Caesar Rome is the place who put that the Herodian dynasty in power over the Jews and while the Pharisees were legalists uh, and Puritans it was the um, Herodians who were the political puppets. And, and doing Rome's business, doing Herod's business. So they hated each other. And, but what bound these two groups together, the Pharisees and the Herodians, is their common hatred to Jesus. So they counseled together. They, when it says that they counseled together, that they came together in council, that means they got together, they conspired together to see how they could get rid of, of this Jesus. Matthew twenty two sixteen, And they sent the disciples to him, along with the Herodians, saying, Teacher, we know that you are truthful and teach the way of God in truth and defer to no one, for you are not partial to any. <laughs> and here you are. Do we detect, do we detect some snakes here? Because they're because this is a great strategy of a snake. We all way back in the garden, and you, you start with flattery. You start with connecting with the person's ego. 
Now, flattery is also, uh, usually always an effective strategy. Appeal to the ego, to the self, build it up. Then once you build up your enemy, and, um, and then you cut them off at the knees. That's the strategy. That's what the Herodians are doing. They're coming and um, they first say, teacher, okay, good compliment there, teacher, okay, we recognize you as a teacher. We recognize you, um, you're truthful. You, you teach the truth and you teach the way of God. Atta boy, you're doing a great thing. Hey, we got a question for you. So what's worse is the plain indication that these people don't even know Jesus. To come like this and and to bring their strategy, their arrogance is on display. They think they know more than Jesus. They think they know, uh, uh, you know, we can, we, can, uh, we can take care of this problem, no problem. First of all, we'll build them up, and again, we'll cut them off at the knees. And how many times did the, the, the priests and the Pharisees try it? And every time they fail. So maybe this is why this time they would give the Herodians the opportunity. Give them a chance to go in and see if they can't trip Jesus up. Matthew twenty-two seventeen. Tell us, what do you think? Is it lawful to give a poll tax to Caesar or not? But Jesus perceived their malice and said, why are you testing me, you hypocrites? And um, so here's a loaded question. And be careful with this. It's a tripwire. Be careful when people come to you with questions. Because what it is, the one who's questioning you, the one who's debating you, the one who's bringing the antagonism toward your porch, um, they'll, they'll ask you a loaded question, a question like, how many times did you beat your wife last week? And you and you and you say, well, I didn't beat her at all last week. He said, oh, so you beat your wife? You must have beat her the wife the week before. You're it's just that last week you didn't beat her. Um, so you know, there's a question that just cannot be answered, or truthfully. So they figure that they got him in catch twenty two. First of all, if he asks, if he says that no, it is not lawful. To pay poll tax. Oh, now you're inciting a riot against Caesar. And it's indictment time. It's that, and that is the tripwire. And I'm sure that there were Romans around listening to the conversation, ready to arrest them on the spot. But then, but then if Jesus was said, yes, it's, it is legal. It is lawful to pay the toll, poll tax. And all of a, and right then he said, Jesus is siding with the tax collectors. He's siding with Romans. He's siding, he's, he's claiming to be a part of them. And, um, you know, and the, so, so you have the win-win situation for the Herodians. So how does Jesus get out of this? How does he answer it? He doesn't answer it. He turns around and gives them a question. You see, the one who's asking the question is the one who's Who's taking the control? He's taking the lead. He sets the tempo. And um, coming back to Matthew twenty-two eighteen, but Jesus perceived their malice 
And let's see what that word malice is. And uh, malice, I looked this up a little earlier. Malice is pan, uh, paneria, paneria. And it means an evil, wicked nature, wickedness. Okay, so he perceives their wickedness. He, he knows, uh, he knows the, uh, he, he, he has them, he knows where they're coming from, okay? So, Pateria. And, um, he, and he calls them straight out. He calls them straight out hypocrites. Perceiving their wickedness and said, why are you testing me, you hypocrites? Show me a coin. So, remember when you were kids? Remember your kids, maybe you've done this, maybe you've said it to your children, maybe your children said to you, and you come running in and say, Mom, Mom, Johnny called me an uh, idiot. Johnny called me a thief and a, a, a coward. And what did mom, you know, sometimes what would mom say? Sometimes what would dad say? Well, are you? Well, are you? You know, inciting that, well, if you're not one of these that Johnny called you, then there's no problem. You know, you, you have no problem. If you are, then you've got a problem. But, you know, John, you know, Johnny's just mad at something. But when you talk about Jesus, here is Jesus. When Jesus calls you a hypocrite, guess what you are? You're a hypocrite. Uh, when he calls you a brood of vipers, where are you? You're a brood of vipers. And, um, so, um, so do you ever open up the word? Do you open up the word of truth? Do you open up the word that cannot lie? That's absolute truth. And you come to a place where you say, ouch, because it's convicting. And you know in the mirror of God's word that it's revealing the some sin or something within inside. Like in Hebrews 4.12, we read, for the word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword and piercing as far as the division of the soul and spirit of both joints and the marrow and is able to judge the thoughts and the intentions of the heart. So Jesus says, give me a denarius. And a denarius, and I'm reading this from the Bible, uh, the Faith Life Bible uh, Commentary. So when the Pharisees asked Jesus, and, they, and they've got it wrong here, it's, it was the Herodians who asked. When the Herodians asked when Jesus, if Jesus, if it was lawful to pay taxes to Caesar, Jesus asked to see a coin for a tax. They gave him a denarius like this. The model on this coin proclaims Tiberius to be the son of the divine Caesar who preceded him. Jesus, the true son of God, would have recognized the irony of Tiberius' claim. Matthew twenty two seventeen to twenty two, Mark twelve, fourteen to seventeen, and Luke twenty, twenty one to twenty six. So the Darius would be a a day's wait uh, a day's wages. And Jesus going and asking the question, Jesus puts the ball back into the court of the antagonist. And the best thing to do when someone throws at you a loaded question like this is exactly what Jesus said. 
ask them the question. Ask them a question back. Um, you don't, um, put them on defense. Matthew twenty two twenty. And he said to them, Whose likeness and inscription is this? And they said to him, now, now the ball's turned. Now you answer the question. They said to him, Caesar. Then he said to them, to render Caesar the things that are Caesar's and to God the things that are God's. Okay. Jesus is not on the defense. He's doing the questioning. See how smooth this is? Um, they went from being the attackers thinking that they had the upper hand, thinking that they had Jesus in the corner. And who's in the corner now? Who's doing that? Uh, uh, well, uh, hmm, uh, uh, it would be the Herodians. Matthew twenty-two twenty-one. And they said to him, Caesar's, and he said to render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's and to God the things that are God. Okay, now let them debate to show their own hand. Are they going to say, no, it's not lawful to pay toll, uh, to pay the toll tax, which puts them in cahoots with Caesar? Or, yes, it is lawful to pay toll tax, which, again, will put them into cahoots with the people. So, no, it's not lawful to pay toll taxes setting themselves up to be rebels against Caesar. Let's take a look. And, and, and here rises the debate. What belongs to Caesar? And what belongs? Because it's not just about money. It's, not, it's what do we owe the civil government? It's where do we stand as Christians, as ambassadors in this world? And what do we owe Caesar? And what do we owe God? And do we pay um, what we owe? Let's take a look. I'm going to read the whole thing. I started this part of it. Let's let's read the whole thing. Romans 13, starting with verse 1. Every person is to be subjection to the governing authorities. There is no authority except from God, and those which exist are established by God. Therefore, whoever resists authority has opposed the ordinance of God, and they who are opposed will receive condemnation upon themselves. For rulers are not to cause a fear for good behavior, but for evil. Do you want to have uh, no fear of authority? Do what is good, and you will have praise from the same. For it is the minister of God to you for good. But if you do not, um, but if you do what is evil, be afraid for it does not bear the sword for nothing, for it is a minister of God, an avenger who brings wrath on the one who practices evil. Therefore, it is necessary to be in subjection, not only because of wrath, but also for conscience sake. For because of this, you also pay taxes. Uh, for rulers are servants of God, de- devoting themselves to this very thing. Render all what is due to them. Tax to whom taxes do, custom to whom custom, fear to whom is fear, honor to whom honor. Owe nothing to anyone except to love one another. For he who loves his neighbor has fulfilled the law. 
For this you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not covet. And if there is any other commandment, it is summed up in this saying, you shall not love your neighbor as yourself. Love does not do no wrong to your neighbor. Therefore, love is a fulfillment of the law. Do this, knowing the time that it is already the hour for you to awaken from sleep. For now salvation is nearer to us than we when we believe. The night is almost gone, and the day is near. Therefore, let us lay aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us behave properly in this day, not in carousing, drunkenness, not in sexual promiscuity or sensuality, not in strife and jealousy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh in regard to the lust. So, there's a lot of debate on this verse. Um, there are those that's trying to to stretch it and to mold it into to something that they can say, well, we don't roll over. And um, there is there is that thing within our heart that we need to fight, 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 fight. There's the question about the revolution. Um, you know, our, our American revolution, what is that all about? Were they out of line? You know, not given not given um, their loyalties to King George. And that's a good question. But we're, we won't, we're not going to cover that um, right now. But the, the uh, so there are those that they want to rise up. They want to fight. When do we fight? When we don't fight? When we, when do we pull our respect from our leaders? And when do we rebel and all that? And so, there's so many questions regard to this. What do we give to Caesar and what do we give to God? Um, my question as we started out with this, before we even get to there, before we even get to the question, let me ask you a question. How much do you, how much do you render to God? We talk about how much that we we have to give to the government how much we don't like that. And that, but do we render anything to God? How much time do you spend each day in the Word? How much time do you spend in prayer? How much time do you spend in growing? How much time do you spend in all this in prayer? How much time do you give to God? What do you, what do you give to God? Because I'll say this, most people that are arguing this point and, and, and they have trouble with rendering to God what is God's and rendering to Caesar what is Caesar's. And they have the problem with, 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 with a wicked and, and, and a base government, which we do have. But, it's not about what you're rendering to Caesar. It's what you, what are you rendering to God? How much devotion are you giving him before you turn around and argue about what you're giving to Caesar? So there is also, there's always proper prayer and proper discernment in what is of Caesar's and what is of God's. A believer can go about his own way. You can go about, you can go about all your days. Fighting against Caesar, getting politically astute, 
getting and 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 I'm not saying participate. I'm not saying pulling. Do not participate. I'm not saying don't uh, don't write your comment. We we do have civil government and we are a part of it. I think it's a good thing that we write letters to our representative our representatives and and certainly we vote and all these things are part of our living in the country in which we are living in. The question is, how much do you render to God? And to, and if we spend all of our lives in the political circle fighting for this and fighting for that and crusading this and crusading that, you may take a few steps forward or you may not go nowhere. But uh, this is what we need to caution ourselves. Do we spend our whole life? being political and fighting the political establishment, giving little to nothing to God, and then in the end, finding out that we have nothing to show for a life that should have been lived for the Lord. And those people that tell me that we need to fight, that we need to stand up, and we need to take a stand, and we need to take a fight, I always go back to Jesus, and I always go back to the disciples when they were laying out the establishment of the church. They didn't fight against, they didn't buck against Caesar. They didn't fight against Caesar. They didn't, they were not rebellious. But they also gave to God. That they gave to God their their loyalties, they gave to God their worship. Um, and when it was that Caesar overstepped his bounds, when Rome overstepped his bounds, when there were those even in the Jewish synagogues that overstepped their bounds and say, you shall not preach the name Jesus, then they say, well, we can't follow that command. We can't, we'll pay our taxes. We'll even surrender our property. We'll give it all up, but we will preach the name of Jesus. Great models in the Bible are, you know, I think the two great models of this in the Bible is Joseph, the son of Jacob in Genesis. How he, how he functioned in the, the, Egyptian government where he was placed and where he was slave to. Also to, uh, also Daniel. How did he function in a pagan government? And when they turned around and they made a law that no, you, you, for 30 days, you are to, to only worship, worship of the king. Did he do it? Or, um, or when we talk about, uh, well, Going back to Daniel, what did he do? Uh, uh-uh, I can't follow that law. That law, I, I, you know, I'm rendering to to God what is God's, and my devotion time is praying three times a day with the window open facing Jerusalem. You know, so they, so the government couldn't take away their devotion. They couldn't take away their prayer life. And you can arrest me. You can throw me in prison. You can. Um, but we we are resolved to give to God what is God's and to Caesar what is Caesar's. And be careful because in our rebellion and when we're arrested, if we're arrested and we're thrown in jail, are we thrown in jail as political activists or are we thrown in jail because we would not cater or would not, would not, we would not refuse to give to God what is God's. So, 
if one has a right value system, here's the que- here when it boils down to it, you have the right value system. And as I've started off this morning, many people who debate this issue and they're and they're politically astute and they're and I'm not saying what's right and should we take the shot, should we give up our guns, should we do this or should we do that? Before we even get to those questions, may it be within our own souls that we understand where we are in the Lord. May we know who our God who our God is and what we owe to Him. And if we know our God, and if we are walking in righteousness, the question about our civil rights and our property. What belongs to Caesar and what doesn't belong to Caesar and what belongs to God will be quite evident. And if it means giving up our civil rights, if it means giving up our property to serve God with all our hearts, with all our minds and all our strengths, so let it be. Father in heaven, thank you for this opportunity and thank you for the study this morning. We pray, Heavenly Father, that God, the Holy Spirit, will open our hearts to these things and that they might be a source of blessing and challenge as we continue to grow in grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen. All right. It's another fine day in the Lord. Keep your armor on. Keep fighting a good fight of faith. We've got our lesson. I hope you're with us on on Sunday in person. If you're in the neighborhood, we'd love to have you. Uh, we got chairs open for you. We've got tables. We bring your Bible in. Set your Bibles up and your note plate uh, taking place. And um, you come worship with us and learn God's Word together. Hope you're here with, with us on that. If you're out of the territory, well, um, and you don't have a local church, then we, we start up at 11 a.m. live streaming. So, anyway, until then, stay motivated, Lord. Keep your armor on. Keep fighting a good fight of faith. And... Lord will spirit guide, Rapture Pennant will be back here on Sunday morning at 11 a.m. Thank you for joining us. You can hear this message again, as well as previous lessons, and get notes by visiting us online at www.gchapel.org.